of feminism or that women have been subjugated. Yes, that they don't pay women as they pay men. So a Christian child wanted to know whether the Bible also does not recognize the equality of women as well as men. And one of the pastors asked me, when they are faced with such questions, how do you answer it by the scripture? We understand the fact that what the media is pushing has nothing to do with the church because the media talk for the world, isn't it? So in the world, people put down women. In the world, people don't care about women. In the world, a man and a woman will be holding the same office. They will pay the man more than the woman. That is the world system. Amen? But what about God? Let me help you to understand God from this song you, have been, you were singing. I have in this church women... No, let me say, I have in this church men who are medical doctors. Yes? Come on now. But I also have women who are medical doctors. Somebody say amen. I have men who are professors, and I have women who are also professors. I have men who are engineers, and I have women who are equally engineers. Is that not so? Come on now, let's talk together. I have women who are lawyers, justices, and I have men who are the same. I have women who are inventors. I have men who are also the same. Now, all this brain and ability come from the God that we Christians serve. Hey, don't change my frequency. Back to what it was. I have better. Don't worry about. Tell me. Well, I have a degree in multimedia arts and majored in broadcasting. So when you touch frequencies, I can tell. And the frequency I was was broadcast frequency. And when it was changed, I went to, you know, uh, the television broadcast. And they changed it to radio broadcast. In every capacity that I have men, because of the God of Christian. The God of Christian created human brain, not woman brain, and not man brain. He created human brain. And the God of Christians is the God who also has made prophets of women. You know, in case you are faced with that question, how does the church treat women? The God of Christians have raised women like Deborah, who became the commander-in-chief of armed forces, who took over the position from a man and led the nation into victory. And as she was the judge, and every man came to her to be judged. I'm talking about the God of Christians. The God of Christians is the God who created all mankind. In the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, he reveals, verse 26, God's ultimate intention was revealed. It says, then God said, let us make man, M-A-N, in our own image, in our likeness, and let them rule. Hello, somebody. <coughs> let me help you understand the scriptures. It says, come, let us make man in our own image, and let them, excuse me, for the Bible to say, let them, the word man certainly is pluralistic. Are we together? In cognizance? So from the origin of God's creation, he called man, them. That tells you that God is talking about not one man. And he's not talking about one gender. Because God created the genders. Nobody is gender free. That's why we haven't given birth to any human being. And he has no, no gender. All those garbage that some ignorance perpetrates. That's the reason why you and I need to read serious. If you're a Christian in this age, one good thing you can do to God after salvation is to read too much. Because Satan is using intellectual of this world to 
He perverts it and mislead many ignorance. And the church of God must give birth to people who can measure with them in any level of reasoning. I would get there now. So the Bible says, God made man his image, and he said, let us make man in our image, and let them. So in the concept of God, both male and female, he made in his image. So God is not, um, is it feminist they call it? Somebody who, huh? So, who are those people who put women down? What do they call them? Chauvinists. Chauvinists, yeah. Chauvinists. Those are the ones. God is not that. God created man. And in man is them, male and female. Then the next verse says, God created man in his own image. Yes? In the image of God, he created him. I love the Bible when God speaks this way. It's only God who speaks that way. <laughs> so that you will be left with no doubt. The first one is just, is just is a, you know, an information. The second one is the proof. It says God created man in his image. And then it says in the image of God <laughs> created he them. I love it. So that you, you'll be without any excuse. Hallelujah somebody. So that nobody can misquote God. Nobody can misunderstand God. Amen. In the image of God, He created them. Hallelujah. And God is consistent in His representation from beginning. And throughout the scriptures, we find the same representation of God whenever He addresses humanity. Are we getting it together now? Am I speaking to you guys here? All right then. This is cathedral. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So then He says... Male and what? So nobody is gender free. Nobody is born gender free. There is no such a thing as gender free toilets. Let it be known. Creation was not... Creation did not arise through legal doctrines. Therefore, legal doctrines cannot define creation. Is somebody with me? I'm talking to some guys, not you. They're watching me on television or YouTube. Those who believe that they can wage war against Christianity with foolishness, God will confound them. In their field, it will destroy their understanding. Look at what the Bible tells me. Male and female created them, but them in his image. In his image created them. Hallelujah. And look at empowerment of God, verse 28. What is in verse 28? So, excuse me, did this say God bless him? Oh, church, did God, the Bible say God bless him? So what did God do? How many did he bless? Them. Both male and female. There's no disparity or distinction when it comes to God and humanity. Alright? He blessed them and said to both of them, be what? Fruitful. And what? Increase in number. How many people did God tell to be fruitful? The two of them. So if you are part of them, wave your hands to me. Tell somebody I'm fruitful. God said, be fruitful, both men and women. That is the reason why men and women are fruitful. A woman cannot give birth to a child unless with the cooperation of a man. Yesterday, somebody was trying to test my knowledge in law. Strange enough. And the question was, whose child is a child born? When a child is born, who does it belong to, the woman or the man? Strange enough, I just done in my curriculum, part of my curriculum last year, about some case laws where the both parents were arguing who owns the baby. Because somebody donated his sperm, to another person's egg and then a child came out of it and he donated it to that person because the other man there could not you know uh, have the he doesn't have the potency to give out a child now the woman conceived and the child was born and the one who the donor decided that it's my child so they brought the case to court to know whose child is it Hallelujah. You know, 
Law is common sense. Law is not a complicated logic. The fact is this. If you have... I have microphone. I gave my microphone to this brother. Alright? From the time the microphone left me and went to his hand, and he's holding it, who has jurisdiction over the microphone? The one holding it. So it means that if my transfer was a promise, and he received it, from the time he took the promise, it ceases from being mine. He now becomes the legitimate owner of what was mine. So a man's semen leaves the body of the man. From the time he leaves the body of the man into the woman, who owns it? The woman. Because whatever a man is contained or contained within the man belongs to him. It's his property. So when the seaman leaves the woman, the man, into the woman, it doesn't belong to the man anymore. It belongs to the woman. Now let me help you understand. Now, the complex issue about it is that is semen good? So we have to establish whether semen is good. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. <laughs> you want to hear more about that? Don't miss the midweek service. All right, let's go ahead now. <laughs> Don't miss the midweek service, I'll tell you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Since we finished our anniversary last week, some people have been praying right throughout this week, enjoying God. You see, these things you need to know it because they are the things that command the wealth of the world today. So, our God is not, uh, what do you call it, Pastor? Chauvinist. Chauvinist. Yeah, I can't pronounce that kind of language. It didn't come from the Bible. Now, <laughs> so God bless how many of us? Them. He bless what? Them. He bless what? And he said, be fruitful. And he says, increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue the earth. He told man and woman to fill the earth. He told man and woman to subdue the earth. Is God partial? No! Everybody is equal. The God, the God of Christians treat women as equal as men. That's why he raised prophet from women, he raised prophet from men. Even I think there are more women prophets than men prophets. In my life, I've seen more women who are in prophetic than men. What about you? Have you seen more? Hey, 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 when we say receive the Holy Spirit in the church, how many people speak in tongues? Count them. Women are speaking more than men. Look, are you looking at me like that? Are you afraid? Let's, 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 let's just say, let's call it space, space. I'm not spaddy. Come on now. <laughs> How many people, when we call prayer, how many come? Who are the largest number to come? Larger number? Women. Any good thing in society, who are the larger number? Why are you looking at me like that? Look at all these men. God deliver you. Let me say something about you that you men, you don't understand. Let me help you understand something you don't understand. How many men are here? Raise your hands up to me. Raise your hands. I want to tell you some common things about men so that you begin to appreciate women more. God of Christians created man and woman's name. How many of you men who raised your hand, you lived in your mother's womb before you were born? It is a woman's womb that you are living. You call her mother, isn't it? All right, put your hands down. Now, when you came out of the woman's womb, how many of you started eating ground rice immediately you came out? You are eating cabbage, you are eating, you know, potatoes, and you are eating uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. As the moment you came out of your mother's womb, yeah? Raise your hand. So I haven't got any. How many of you, you when you came out, you were feeding from your, your father's breast? Your father is the one who breastfed you? None. Okay, how many of you women breastfed you? Raise your hand. Me. You, 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 you drank from your mother's breast? Raise your hands, and boys too. You will raise your hand, my friend, and you too, Joshua. Raise your hand, let me hear you. Thank you, dear. When you made me say, who was the one who carried you? Is your mother, your father was somewhere else. Maybe afraid even when we are coming out. Some men collapsed in the, in the, in Lucia. You know, they had to come and be waking them up. Because when they saw the labor of the wife and the babies coming, they have to wake them up. The woman is the one who carries the pregnancy. It is her body that changes. I was speaking to your body today. 
It is the body of the woman that changes, not only that. It's the woman who, who labors. I've never seen a woman exchange her labor for her husband. Or oh, a husband loved the wife so much and he took the labor. And he started going to labor while the woman was just pushing the baby. Hello, somebody. And then, the woman, when the child comes out, it feeds on the breast of the mother. And when the child grows up and becomes established, he's looking for another woman who will take care of him. Who will deliver man from women. <laughs> who will? Who will? So women are champions in real fact. They bring us to the world. We feed on their breasts. We grow up. We can't feed ourselves. We go and look for another woman to continue to feed us. <laughs> Amen. It's because, I mean, we can't just deliver ourselves from women, isn't it? Uh, I think that's the reason why every man here must appreciate the wife. Put your hands together for mothers today. If you have not been appreciating your wives, I tell you this, change your mindset. And if you're a woman, you think that, oh, people don't recognize you, you want to be recognized. Stop that attitude, because you're already recognized. Your recognition is in your identity. All what God made you to do, man cannot do it. So therefore, while we are equal, what about the functions? God gave us different functions. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 21, let me help you with this very quickly. It says, shall we write it, read it together? So that is talking to man and woman. The God of Christians says, men, husband and wife should submit to one another. Husband will submit to the wife, wife submits to the husband. But in what? In holy reverence. Which means recognizing that you are equal before God. You are joint heirs before God. But then the next verse, he began to talk about disparity of functions. <clears throat> I don't want to speak about marriage seminar today, but I just want to refute those, you know, foolish arguments that the secular world is trying to impose on society. And the church of God needs to know how to contend with this and refute this, so that you can teach your children. The children of today, you can't tell them anything without facts. They are computer age children. You can't tell them something without, you know, proving that it's correct. Because the young man was asking the father, and there was a conflict. Because to the father, are you saying that, are you attacking Christianity? The young boy is not attacking Christianity. He was just taught something by secular people in the, or the, in the, in the school. And on television, they are talking down women. And they talk, telling to stir up women to begin to fight for themselves, which is the wrong thing. There's nobody who's a professional who, who, who fights to be a professional. If you're a doctor, you don't, you don't try to show that you're a doctor. You are just a doctor. If you're a lawyer, you don't need to show that. I'm, do you know I'm a lawyer? No, you are just a lawyer. That's what you are. So if you're a woman, you are a woman. If you're a man, you are a man. In creation, no one is superior. But in function, we are different. And so God began in the verse 22, say, wife submits to your husband. As to the Lord, that is function. In your office, you are all staff. But somebody must be the CEO. Somebody must be the executive director. Somebody must be whatever. So, a, a, a society without order, we understand intellectually that's an insane society. It is a society of mad people. Everybody does what they think, or they do what they think. So with God, it's not so. As God had created woman, and given the woman the superior power to carry a human being, and no matter how what a man would do, he cannot carry, no man can carry a baby, in his, he, he doesn't even have a womb in his belly. No man can. I cannot be so jealous of my wife that I say that, ah, it's only you pregnant in this house, I'm going to be pregnant as well. The difference is that somebody will be pregnant for nine months and we will see what she brought out. If I decide to be pregnant for the next 30 years, <laughs> you see how I came <laughs> Hallelujah. Something filled me, something filled her, but there are two different things. Amen forevermore. Even those who are lying to the world and saying that, you know, they were born men and they said that I have changed my gender. It is a womb they are going to look for to turn plants into their body. A womb of a dead person somewhere. 
And you think that the womb of a person who is dead can bring out a lifetime. That's why they will feel forever. Are we getting it now? Tower of Babel can be conceived. Tower of Babel can be built. But God will confuse their language before its completion. Okay? So therefore, it says, Why submit to your husband as to the Lord? As to the Lord. And that encapsulates every other thing you can talk about marriage. Because the onus is not on the woman, it's on the man. Which means anything that Jesus cannot do to his church, no man can do to the wife. Anything that the church cannot do to Jesus, no wife can do to their husband. And I settle my case on this gender confusion here. So you have evidence in the Bible that in the beginning God created male and female equal. Alright? You also recognize that because of that equality, God gave man and woman functions. Until today, no matter how a man thinks he's a woman, he cannot do the function of a woman. And no matter how a woman thinks he's a man, he can, she can never have sperm to impregnate another woman. Somebody has to be sensible. We, all of us in the world cannot be mad. Are we together now? I will never be <laughs> I will never be found in the camp of madness. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> we have enough problem to think about on earth that we're thinking about problems that we cannot solve. No matter how a woman feels the man, let him produce his man and impregnate another woman. And we may know that he's a man. She's a man. Or she he. No matter how much a man thinks he's a woman or she's a woman, let him sleep with a man and be impregnated. And go to labor. And do what we know God created women to do. You may inject your chest and your breast can shoot out. Somebody is deceiving himself. You may inject your body and your, you are building, your shape is changing. No! Get pregnant. Through normal means that a woman get pregnant. And conceive for nine months. Go to labor. Let us record your labor. And bring forth a child. Life cannot come from a man. I mean, babies. So, women celebrate your function and be happy and men celebrate your function and be happy don't get involved with all these crazy baseless unfounded you know arguments that is it came from foolishness of or madness of the devil according to isaiah chapter 14 verse 12 to, to verse 17 and ezekiel 28 verse 12 to, uh, to 30 something go check it that is what caused the first madness. Somebody was created as a guardian cherub. He thought he is not a guardian cherub anymore. After many thousands of years, he now thought he can be like. Uh -huh. Is that not what somebody who is a man born is thinking he can be like? And a woman born is thinking he can be like. So if that is what is happening now, it can only come from the original source, who is Lucifer. Hey, let me talk to you now. Um, so, <laughs> this morning, the message is I thought somebody would say that we have finished the message, really. What I want to share with you this morning is just about 15 minutes. That one I share with you. I want us to celebrate women. I want us to have understanding about the arguments when people are talking nonsense about feminism or, or masculinity and when they are putting women down that the God of Christians does not. He gave gifts unto men and women but we have different functions and we are happy the way God made us. Somebody say Amen. Yeah. So we celebrate our mothers today. If you have a mother and you have not phoned your mother, you better do so. Really, that is a sin. Since morning, 12 midnight, you are supposed to phone her. So that your mother, you can speak with your mother as you wake up. So, and those of you who have wives, I have spoken to you a little bit. If you not be hard in your house, 
that your wife is a non-entity. She is the light of the house. She is Eve, life of the house. Okay? And she should be treated thus, respected so, and honored thus so. Huh? Why are you looking at me like that? I don't like the look you're giving me. <laughs> I feel I'm running away, man. Even if you look at me, I look at you too. I said women should be celebrated. Somebody say amen. Look at the mouth of the person beside I say amen. By force, by fire. Women should be recognized in the house. Amen. Forevermore. And you must always tell your wife how much you love her. Even when you don't feel like saying so. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody here? If they report any one of you to me, if your wife reports you to me, that you don't tell her you love her, I will call you to the pulpit. One sermon, you, you are the one who preaches. From the beginning of the sermon to the end, you'll be saying to your wife, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I, until the sermon drive into both yourself, percolate you, and those of us who are hearing, we must celebrate the women in the house. And let me say this to you before I move away from there. Any one of you who is a woman, <clears throat> if anybody oppressed you in this house, report them to me. Okay? If anybody oppressed you outside of this house, don't take action. Report them to me. Because in my capacity, I can take them by law. Report this. Because of you, I went to do law. Report them to me. Don't fight. Okay? And I want to believe in this house, nobody can, can oppress a woman. It's not possible. Because some people have had the toast of women that are, all your mates have married. That's an oppression. <laughs> that is an oppression. If all the mates are married, and what's your own business? If you think that you should be married, then give husband the one qualified and the one reasonable, the one acceptable by the woman. If you cannot manufacture one, then shut up. Because they don't sell husband in Deford High Street by halal shop. <laughs> they, don't sell, they don't sell husband. I have been to all the shops in Deford High Street and East Street Market. They don't sell wife there. You know, there is no shop in London that they said that, you know, wives abundantly. <laughs> you can't walk in there and get a wife or get a husband. So you women, don't let anybody put you down. Celebrate what you are. Your time is coming. If you have been married, you have not, you have not conceived yet. It's nobody's business. It is your business and God. Okay? If those before you conceived, you too will conceive. If anybody tells you that, ah, when shall we celebrate your baby? If it is in this, I report that to me. Let me say this to you. A good answer to answer that. If somebody asks me that, when are you going to celebrate your baby? I say, when you give me one, I will celebrate him. Oh, yes. We are not in the haste to have children. Good. That is good for me to just talk to you about what I want to share with you. Briefly. Delay is not denial. That is to, to this morning's message. Delay is not denial. Look at the book of Genesis chapter 12. We read from verse 1. It says, The Lord has said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. The next verse says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. Look at that blessing. Amen. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I love that. Three dimensions of human beings that live on earth is reflected there. I will make you into a great nation. It says, and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Okay? We'll look at that deeply later on in the week. The next verse says, I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. That is my God for you. God does not want you to be blessed alone. He wants you to be a blessing. Not only that, He wants you to be so blessed that you leave a legacy that will affect the world you are living into. In your neighbor, from beginning from your family, 
It affects your family by your blessing. Affects your friends. Affects your neighborhood. Affects your city. Affects your country. Affects your world. Christians are, are they have covenant with God to be blessed not just for daily bread, but to be blessed and create livelihood for other people. That is God's covenant with you. So, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian or you're a member of this church, if all what you think is just you and your wife and that's it, that's not what God says about you. For three months, I taught you about destiny. Alright? Do all think Abraham's blessings are mine? Abraham's blessings are mine. Do you sing it? If you, are don't, if you have never sang it, raise your hand up. You will sing it now. I am blessed in the morning, I am blessed in the evening, for Abraham's blessings are mine. Now, you have been singing that song. If you have not been singing it, you have sung it now. Look at the blessing of Abraham. Go to this, the, 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 the promise. Let me help you understand that God did not forget you. You may have some delays. God has not abandoned you, my friend. Take that in your mind today. Go back to verse 2 for me. He says, I will make you into a great nation. That's the false blessing. So now you can put your name in it. Because Abraham's blessing is yours, Galatians 3. Then he says, and I will bless you. Then he says, I will make your name great. Not because you are seeking it, but because God blessed you. There is something in you that will fly your name around the whole world. The purpose of this season and era in Christ the Tabernacle is for you to manifest it. And when you manifest it, your name will go all over the place. And he says, and you will be a blessing. Verse 3, very quickly, I will bless those who bless you and those who curse you shall be cursed. And all people of the earth shall be blessed through you. This tells you and I that a Christian cannot be cursed. This is one of the scriptures that give me boldness to go into where they worship idols and all those people and take their idols and burn them and get them to accept Jesus Christ by force. Nobody can curse a Christian. Impossible. Nobody can charm a Christian. That is, using spell or voodoo, it will fail. I will together now. You know, I'm saying this in live television. I've been looking for somebody to, to charm me. And they have not been able to charm me. They failed. You know, because the covenant of Abraham is mine. God said, anybody who curses me, it's not my business to say, I, re- I revoke the curse. If you revoke the curse, it means you believe in it. God is the one who answers when somebody curses a Christian. Because for Christian, you are blessed by God, blessed of the Lord. But you must be a Christian. Some will begin to say that, but Apostle, what about Christians who are affected by all this spell? I will show you their own margin now. This is for you who believe in Jesus Christ. Then the next verse God says, So Abraham left as the Lord had told him, and the Lord went with him. <clears throat> Abraham was how many years old? Abraham was how many years old? 75 years old when the Lord promised him. What was God looking when he was 45? That's the question in their mind of some people. How can God look at a man until he was 75 and now he's working a little bit bent and he is no more useful for childbearing than God came to him? Somebody will say that, ah, why, what has God been looking at all these years when I was young? It's never too late with God. You can be old in your own eyes. Measure your age with the ancient of days. You are still like a baby. He came to an old man to tell him, I will do what is impossible for you to, to achieve as, a old, as an old man. But you know something about this God. Having promised Abraham at the age of 75, I was amazed at this. You would think that, well, God promised a 75-year-old man. How many years remaining for him to die? God should fulfill it the following year. Isn't it? That is the intellect of man. God made a promise to you. I mean, God knows that I'm an old man now. He should do it by two years. He should do it by three years. Look at chapter, chapter 17, verse 1 of Genesis. Shall we read it together, please? Stop. Shall we read the cathedral way?
Then the next verse. Excuse me, how many years is that? 24. So God promised him at 75. And God did not come back to him until he was 99. God made sure that all hope was useless. That is your God for you. There is always hope for you. Let me say this to you. Your life will not be according to the pattern of human understanding. You know, Christ said about could understand this. Let me mount up on this. On the 18th of this <clears throat> last month, February, I came back from a trip in Nigeria. I was standing here praying for you just here. And the Holy Spirit said to me, and I told you straight away, Thus said the Lord, your appointed time has come, O Christ your tabernacle. And the Lord said, the revelation I gave to my son, 1984, concerning you, in this year that you are entering, I will bring them to fulfillment. And then God said, on the day you start this convention, the weather of England will shift. And it says, and that will be a sign for you that it is your appointed year. God said that on the 18th before your hearing. Now, when God spoke, I stood to, to, you know, try to recapitulate what God is saying. What would be the shift in the weather? How could this be? We have had some bad times in February already. But then on the Sunday, last Sunday of February, which is the next Sunday, the news reporter said on the, on the, the BBC and the Sky News, Oh, there is a, there is a, Beasts coming from the east. Because they looked at it in their weather instrument and they don't understand what it is. It was moving like a person and it was a dense cloud with wind. And he said it's coming over to England. We should get ready for something strange. Normally our weatherologists always have knowledge about two weeks time. But this one they did not have the knowledge of it. But God told us in this house. Now listen to me. By midnight of, of Monday, that is Sunday to Monday, when the, the, the convention will start, the wind hit UK border. By morning, when we would gather here for our convention last week, the whole of UK was under siege. Of this weather, very, very, you know, cold, with snow all over the whole place. Now, you, Christ with Tabernacle, knew God said I would do that. And God said when that happened to UK, it's a sign that what I have promised you had begun. We had waited for 34 years for the promise. Because 34 years ago, Jesus appeared to me. And showed this to me. And over the 34 years ago, he had never come back to tell me that it is time. Until now. And he did something astronomical, something beyond human comprehension, saying to the church, by this time, you will see a shift in the national weather, and I am doing that to show you, Christ Tabernacle, that your appointed time has come. Listen to me. You can't take that lightly. It is the same way God dealt with the people of old in the Bible he's doing in this house. When stock exchange will crash, that year, God told me the date it will crash. And I told all of you, on Friday, sell all your stock. Because the following Monday, there will be a global recession on earth. The economy was blooming all over the world. Those who sold their stock among you made money. We do not serve a God who does not speak in this house. We serve the same God of the Bible. Who does the same thing of the Bible right in the midst of this house. So that we'll be left with no excuse. Listen to me, therefore. If God visited people and told them that on this day, the weather of your country will shift, it will be a sign for me, and then on that day it happened. If you look at the day we finished our anniversary, all the ice disappeared. Which is not usual. It takes some days for the ice to go. It takes some days for the cold to go. Both ice and cold vanish. Now, just a few days now we finished it. Now there is no cold anymore. And another thing is this, though it was snowing, 
though it was so terrible, but this is the most, it was the most attended convention we ever had in this house. Because the whole of the overflow was jammed. And when we, where we had our leadership training there, the whole Hall of Mirror was jammed. People were going to overflow Hall of Mirror from Monday to Sunday. Come on now. You know what I'm telling you? When God gives a vision or prophecy to a people, there's a price to pay for it. Number one, it's never too late. <coughs> God spoke to this man. Then 24 years after he came. And told him that what I said to you 25 years, 24 years ago, you were 75. Now you are 99. I'll come back. How can a 99-year-old man believe that he will have a child? If you were. That's the reason why in the discussion of God and Sarah, Sarah had God speak. She laughed. God said to Sarah, did you laugh? He said, no, I didn't laugh, sir. I didn't laugh, sir. I am a man. How can I have this pleasure again? In other words, for years they have stopped having intercourse. He said, now that my master is worn out, that is an evidence that Abraham was working, maybe with working sick. And Sarah, all the breasts have disappeared. All the hormones that form a woman had gone. Come on. But he sent his word and he healed these people. And he delivered them from their chains. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Listen to me, therefore. The word of God comes to you today. I say the word of the Lord comes to you today. Look at 21 verse 5. That completes the story. 21 verse 5. What did it say? Shall we read it together? Read it again. I want everyone to look up to the board. Are we seeing that scripture together? Shall we read it once to go? Your Sarah will give birth. I say your Sarah will give birth. I say your Sarah will give birth. It doesn't matter what your age is. <clears throat> your destiny is sure. I told you for three months about destiny. Someone don't tell me that I'm too old to read. The older your brain is, the older, the better you can read. It's Satan who brings the philosophy to discourage old people from achieving destiny. Make you feel at the age of 45 that you are old. 45. Can you imagine somebody of 45 saying that he can't go to school? I can't understand. You are just 45. Oh, I'm 50. My mates are retiring. And so what? If at 50 is when you wake up, then do what they do. Because if you say that you will soon die at 50 and you live another 50 years, what happens to you? God promised this man at 75. He did not fulfill it until he was 100. Listen to me. It does not matter how terrible, how impossible your situation is. In this year, you will manifest what God says. This is what the God of heaven has told me. It, is not, it does not matter how much you have given up on yourself. When you are 45 to 50, you should be thinking about retirement. If you are on, on salary job and you are 45 and you are going to 50, and you don't have a thought of something to do that you can set up yourself and run by yourself, that is a mishap. That's a mishap. Salary job, they, they will retire you. Once they retire you, that's the end of it. So if you are doing a salary job, and you get to 45, going to 50, you should begin to think about, what can you lay your hands on that you can set up yourself and run your business, and also create livelihood for other people who will be employed by you? You think you cannot? You can the God of heaven will blow revelation to your brain. He will give you understanding and insight. At the age of 100, you will prosper. Don't let any challenges of this world frustrate you. God has buried inside you your destiny. Your knowledge of the word of God will reveal it. That's the reason why I told all of you. You know, serve God well. So that God can serve you. 
Listen to me, therefore. At 90, Abraham started his dream fulfilled. At 80, Moses started his destiny. We looked at that this one just a few years, a few weeks ago. Now, therefore, for those of you who are leaders in the household of faith, and for you who are members, if you are a member of Christ's tabernacle, listen to this. This is what God has told you. Hebrew chapter 13, verse 7. What does he say? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and do what? And do what? Come on, what is it that you should do? <coughs> hey. Consider the, the outcome of their way of life. You know this scripture is talking for to the leader. But it seems as if he's talking to the members. Because he's saying to the members that look, all of you who follow a leader. Number one, a leader who's, who cannot give you a legacy, why do you follow him? The Christians on earth should listen to this. A man in isolation of church, he cannot give you a legacy of leadership. A man who preaches the word of God and his life is different from the word. A man who bashes his wife and is telling you to love your wife. Come on now, somebody cannot fool somebody. A man who lives in adultery and telling you to live in, you know, live clean. You can't follow a man like that. A man who expects other people to read money and is telling you to work hard. He didn't work hard, he used his mouth to make money. Are you with me now? He exploits you and made money off you by telling you several lies about giving that should not exist, raising money every seminar. We had, we had a, a seminar from Monday to Friday. No, did any one of you pay registration fee? Come on, answer me. For 28 years, this church did seminar empowering people and we did not charge registration fee from any human being. We gave materials out, not just spiritual training, but intellectual. I taught you on governance. The lecture that I teach you on governance, I'm about to start teaching corporate organization about corporate failure. And I'll make millions out of that. I, I, I earned it by paying for it. All right? It is the, the lecture is geared towards government of nations. People in Senate, people who are executive, you know, chief executive of nations. I did special commitment to help to... Re, to re, if a company is going to go bankrupt, I can tell that company how to revive by education. I have distinction in corporate governance in my postgraduate. But we taught the church free. You did not pay. Did we collect offering during our seminars? Come and answer me, church. Apostle Williams will have collected offering every, every, every time he did seminars so that at the end of it, he will go and buy a yacht in America. That is not a leader to follow. That is not a leader to follow. I'm saying this for many reasons. One, for you who are members of CFT, and two, for those who are listening to me out there, who have been made bankrupt by liars who call themselves Christian leaders. The Bible says Christian leaders should live a life standard that others could emulate. If I'm telling you to believe God for miracle, I cannot rob you and call that faith. If I say all of you should contribute for me now, and you contribute for me, did I use faith? No, I only took money from you. Who will contribute for you or to you? Can you go to your office and tell people that God is saying to me that 10 of you here should contribute? <laughs> what would they do for you in your office? You are finished. <laughs> you are fired. Hallelujah, somebody. So therefore, you cannot follow a leader who does not have exemplary life. Come on now. Amen. Come on now. Amen. Hey. So if you want to be a leader in this church, understand your life force, not your gift. Your lifestyle force, not your gift. If you want to show me road, you must know road yourself. You don't know how to read map. You can't tell me how to get to my destination. They brought map and you are saying, Kili, Kili, Kilima, Kilima, Kilimu. You can't tell <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. 
It says, consider first the way of life of a man before you follow them. So for me to appoint you to go and lead people, I consider your way of life first. That your way of life can give the people direction to where they are going. Not your gift. Not everybody has gifts. We are showing you in the week. It is way of life first for those who are Christian leaders. Then their faith. Their faith. Way of life and then their faith. Are we in agreement? Come on, are we in cognizance? Consider their way of life. Therefore, you must do what I'm doing. You have heard God speak to me. Date and time. Things will happen in nations and they happened. Really now, let me say something to you. You have heard God speak to me about your individual lives, your destiny. Some of you, when you were born, I announced on your, on your, on your, on your naming ceremony who you will become in life. And that is what you have become. Exactly that's what you have become. Christ the Tabernacle, somebody was speaking about you yesterday in the wedding. He said there is something about the youth of Christ the Tabernacle. He said Christ the Tabernacle have produced youth who are highly successful in the United Kingdom. We didn't produce any child here who is a prisoner or who went to prison for nonsense. No, all our youths, he said, for God they are fire. In academics, don't talk about it. They are great achievers. Hallelujah, somebody. Well, let me say that, therefore, your way of life is first important to me. The scripture says so, not your gift. Not your gift. There is a place for gift. There is a place for way of life. But gift does not take you to the high places. It's way of life that takes you to the high places. Gift is to serve. But your way of life is what we recommend you that you will become executive over the operations that you are, in career that you are. Therefore, emulate my way of life. And also imitate my faith. Consider my way of life and strictly imitate my faith. For faith, you know, apostles don't fear nothing. Someone said to me in the week, uh, Apostle, let me close my sermon note so that I will finish. We are discussing and someone said to me that, Apostle, you know, the devil has power. And he said the devil is very powerful. Yes? So when the person said to me, the devil is very powerful. Those of you who are my members will know what will come out of me. He has touched my soft spot. Is it soft spot or hard spot or wounded spot? He said to me that devil is powerful. And I say, brother, let me tell you something. Devil is not powerful. He had power. Isaiah chapter 14 from verse 12. But it began by saying, how have you fallen? You Lucifer. When the Bible says somebody is falling, he cannot be in power anymore because power is given to function in a particular height or jurisdiction. Power is the ability given to a man so that he can function in what he's defined to do. And when that man is removed from his function, he cannot have the power because the power is attached to the function. Are we in agreement? Yes? So therefore, if the Bible says, how have you fallen, O Lucifer? You who was laid low, they the, the, the are. It means therefore, he is no more in position. But the same scripture says to you and I, in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, that we have been raised with Christ and seated with him in the heavenly place in the right hand of God. So, if you look at somebody who sits in the right hand of God, and somebody who was created below God, he was created far below God, and then he fell even lower. But when you are redeemed, you are seated in the right hand, the seat that Satan saw and he converted. That's where you are sitting. Listen to me. Which means, let me say this to you. There is nobody who is in a lower ladder that can command those who are in high authority. Impossible. It is impossible. It is, if a man believes that he is just total malady. Are we together now? Now let me give you a few more evidence there. The Bible says, therefore, Satan had fallen in Ezekiel 28. Go and read it. We'll look at that from next week. I'm talking about, from next week, I'm talking about devil exposition. I will expose the devil so that you know how devil operates. And you can know how you operate it too. Now, 
Ezekiel says that you were disrobed. You were a guardian cherub until iniquity was found in you. And when iniquity was found in you, you were disrobed. So if Lucifer has been disrobed, certainly he has no power over the kingdom of God. Woo! Hello? I know that some people begin to think that, oh, but then, Apostle, why is it that some Christians are afflicted by the devil? Yes, some Christians are. Why is it that Satan destroys some Christians? Yes, he does. Why is it that you have some Christians who say that they are seeing something running after them? Then some Christians do. When they went to a place where they are talking about demons, demons will run after them now. If you are deliverance minister and you are deliverance church, then you will never be delivered till you die. Because there is no such a thing with God. Jesus did not send anybody to be a deliverance minister. Never in this world. If you have a church, whoever you speak about in that church is the director of that church. So if you have a church and you go to a church and everything they are teaching is about demonology, demonology, demon, 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 demon. You should know that the pastor is a servant of the demon. Because every messenger will speak about his sender. I speak about Jesus Christ, hallelujah, somebody. I speak about him who died for the whole world, hallelujah, somebody. So, and I care to know nothing except Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. You tell me where the devil is in your village and I go there and remove it for him. That's all. Apply to CFT, we will go. We don't need to fast to do that. It is an insult for a Christian to be fasting because he's going to evil forest that's going to con- con- you know, confront those who are idol worshippers. It is very, very wrong order. You will never see a general fast before you go and command a recruit in the soldier, in the army. Because a general is supposed to command his garrison or, or infantry. He first went and fasted and prayed that please Lord let, let, let me let them let them listen to me uh, I'm the general but Lord let them listen to me can you say general do that somebody will say that that general is insane general only needs to recognize that he's a redneck I only need to recognize that all this infantry even if they are three billion doesn't matter when I speak they must obey okay so if you are born again raised to the right hand of the father you only need to know that the right hand of God, according to Miriam, in Exodus chapter 15, verse 6, he says, your right hand of God has great power. He says, your right hand has been avalanche. I love that. So, if a Christian devil does not know that, what happens to you? The enemy robs you. The enemy robs you. What can make Christians be afflicted by demons? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2. I, yeah, chapter 2, verse 1. I think that's why I'm going to just... Um, Take a pause. As for you, you were dead in your transgression in which you used to walk, when you used to live in the ways of this world. And what? Let's read together. Uh-huh. Let's put the two there, one and two. And we will read it together because this is where we want to read, understand, and then we postpone. Shall we read together? Excuse me, I told you whenever you look at the statement, look at the introduction and the conclusion. That's the first way to understand intellectual reasoning. The conclusion here tells us the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Which means that a Christian disobedient to God, Satan will work over you. Uh, you know, I'm not very religious. Satan has finished your life, finished. You are really religious. Your religion is dictated by Lucifer. Ah, all of you church, church, church every day. And you just stay at home. You don't go to church. Satan got you. He has given you a religion of self-worship. Because the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 2, from verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, and as they went for them for the first day, they attended temple daily. So if you are a Christian, you think that those who go to church, you know, they are the one religious. Satan has given you a religion. You must not make a mistake to die. Because if you die, you can't come back. You will be so, you will be so regretful in your death. I don't know how a person can think. You know, every student go to lecture every day. And you go to lecture once in a week, and you want a, the same honor. Who is the one who makes people do that? Lucifer. 
Because you disobey God's instruction. If you want to be a Christian, the only way you can be is to read the Bible. God didn't give you anything but the Bible. That's why if a minister misinterprets the Bible, foolish are those who accept it. I will get it now. The, their blood will not be on that minister. He only took their money and that's it for, for nothing. It's like magician taking money of people. God can't do anything to the magician because he, who, why did you go to the place of magic? So if you went to the place of magic, they robbed you, they took your money. So if you go to a lying church and they mess your life up and bankrupt you, there's no business with God. But if you go to the word, of, word church and you yourself are not serving God according to the word, come on now, something is wrong. Satan gave you a religion. Everybody is religious. It depends on what you turn your religion towards. I will together now. If you disobey God, Satan has access to you. He's the one who made you disobey. But if you look at the scripture, therefore, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. So if a Christian followed the ways of the world, then Satan can oppress him. And it says, the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. <coughs> if you follow the pattern of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, he rules his kingdom. He rules his jurisdiction. But in final, let me help you understand. When you see Christians who said, something is working in my body. I mean, I mean, they follow the ways of this world, the ruler of the air. That's why something is working in their body. Because your body, if you are born again, is a temple of the most high. If something contrary works there, it's either you have not fulfilled the conditions of salvation or you fulfilled it but you have turned yourself to a slave of the devil by indoctrination that is contrary to, to God. Oh, I'm having nightmares. You don't read Bible, why would you have nightmares? You must see something when you sleep, either good or bad. A Christian who spends his time on uh, social media watching liars. A Christian who spends his time on, uh, in the day switch on what you call movie. It's not a movie they call it. And somebody's going, and you see glue to it. And it's going as if it's going to kill somebody. How can somebody with Holy Ghost be interested in how another man do devil acts? Is it not devil who makes people kill people? Excuse me. Who do you think is it? Who do you think, when they are showing you a film about somebody going to kill another person, who do you think is behind it? Is it God who made them do that film? So that all of us can be killers. Yeah, it's Satan. They are Satan evangelists. Your mates are watching preachers. You are watching the gang, the gang, the gang, and then you go, ah, and your heart goes, hey, demon enter your body, boom. Yes. You know that you are sitting down watching liars. The man who killed them today, or the one they kill in your television today, tomorrow is acting as the one who loves somebody. I mean, you, you, you know they are lying to you, isn't it? I will not be found in the company of liars. You better use that time to read something intellectual. Use that time to read the Bible. And again, someone says that they are watching love, love, love films. People are acting a husband and wife who love themselves. They act another one, husband and wife who don't love themselves. And you are watching that. You think you will learn lesson from liars? If you had read Bible, you would have known better. Not only that, the Holy Spirit would have developed inside you. Virtue from the Spirit would have manifested in you. you. There is no lesson Satan can teach you if you are born again. If he can catch your attention, he can access you. He transforms your behavior gradually without your knowledge. By making you to sell your will into him until he establishes you addicted in wrong will, which is contrary to God. Then it becomes a stronghold that is informing your behavior, changing your character, changing the way you speak. A born again. So then the devil will now apply Psalm 1 verse 1 against you. Blessed is the man who walks in the council of the wicked. Now, you found in the council of the wicked, he slay you. And God can't help you. Or stand the ways of sinners. You see, in the ways of sinners, he gives you a, a blow. Or walk in the, with, the, with, with the mockers. He sees you with mockers, he gives you a punch. When other people are going from glory to glory, you are having one setback today, you move one mile, you go back seven miles. And it seems as if Christianity is not working. It's working for those who believe in Him. Come on now. It's working for those who believe in Him, man. 
I was in prayer this week. Some of them who were praying didn't see me. I came into their midst. I was in the church. I came into their midst and I was watching them. But you see, this is a fact. And I left, they did not open their eyes. Don't you know you are recorded by the Lord himself? I just said to myself that, look, God, I thank you for these people. These are people that Satan cannot mess about. Both them and their properties and goods. Satan has no power over those who are in Christ Jesus unless the power you give to him. And we've got to say to ourselves, no more excuse. Come on now. I say no more excuse. We make up our mind this week from this very season. If these are appointed time, Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13 commands us to pray. You will come and pray to me. You will seek me and find me where you seek me with all your heart. I shall be found by you. Your life can be on the increase every day. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Your life is not supposed to be full of calamity and chaos. Because if a man is in Christ Jesus, a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Your life should not be on a setback every time. One step forward, seven step backwards. Because the Bible says, For therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, the law of spirit of life set me free from law of sin and death. Come on, let's stand upon our feet. Stand upon your feet right now. We're going to lift up our voice unto heaven. The first thing I want to do is to begin to thank God for the grace of the Holy Spirit which lives in those who believe in Him. Lift up your voice and begin to thank God for Thank God for the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Oh Lord, my King, give God the praise for the Holy Spirit that 